Welcome to First Draft, everybody. It's Chris Sproul with Mel Kuyper, giving Todd the week off to get ready for the NFL Draft. Mel, it's it's time. It's the 20th anniversary of Tom Brady going number 199 overall, ahead of our boy Matt Bowen at 198 overall. And I, I want to get into some of these names. I get We're getting lots of tweets and texts and things like that. So, yeah, I know about two. I know about Burrow. I know Chase Young. I need some sleepers here. So what I want to do is we're going to race through this position by position and hit a Kuiper sleeper. Hashtag Kuiper sleeper, everybody. Um, one of your guys kind of outside the elite, and whether that's top three, top seven, whatever it is, it's outside that upper crust of guys, just players you think have a great shot, a way, a way to go beyond making the team, but they're outside that elite level of player. And i, I got to start it off the top with the quarterbacks. Outside the names we know, who are the guys that are going to draft get further down the board who you're excited about? Yeah, we'll go to the priority guys, the undrafted free agents, like maybe Tom Flacco, Joe's younger brother at Towson, or Reed Sinnett from San Diego has got an NFL arm. But I'll go to James Morgan, Florida International, formerly a Bowling Green. He did the job at two respective universities, but really came on at Florida International. He's a six foot four frame. He's got an NFL arm. He makes the reads that you want. He makes good decisions. And he's got that football IQ, Chris. And I think if you're going to buy a guy late, he's got to have the skill set. He's got to have the ability to be passionate and be a leader. First one in the building, last one out of the building. And James Morgan from Florida International is that guy that I would think in that sixth, seventh round area, maybe even a little earlier, would be really interesting. I wish Todd was here because you got a Flacco and a Towson shout-out right in the first sentence. So we're off to a good start here with Baltimore. Let's give me a running back outside that group that includes anywhere from DeAndre Swift to, say, Zach Moss. Give me beyond the top five. I like J.J. Taylor out of Arizona. By, I think by 5'5 five, five and a quarter, 185 pounds, runs 4'6. But you, you don't remember Lionel Little Train James coming out of Auburn to the Chargers, oh, yeah. San Diego the Chargers then. Heck of a player. And I think Jay, I like the tape of J.J. Taylor. He can scoot. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Nice player. So I'll go way down the line to J.J. Taylor. James Robinson, Illinois State's another kid. Good balance through the hole, like what I saw from him. Uh, but I think there's a lot of guys like that, Chris, this year at running back. Even a couple guys not even invited to the combine, like Reggie Corbin at Illinois. Uh, Gerald Bright, Utah State, was there with Jordan Love. Did a nice job overall. Uh, but I think when you look at the running back position, uh, even Pete Guerrero at Monmouth. Here's an underclassman coming out. Kick as a track guy, he breaks tackles, he can uh, hit the long gainer at Monmouth. So I think uh, Pete Guerrero is going to get an invite, maybe even a late-round possibility. So uh, of all the guys, though, I'll go J.J. Taylor, Arizona. J.J. Taylor, Arizona. And the rule is if you're 5'5", five, five, you have to be able to scoot. All, yep. you, all you aspiring scouts, 5'6 and under, you got to be able to scoot. It's the Darren Sproles rule. MJD, got to scoot. Mel, give me a fullback who's just going to flat out get drafted. I don't think there will be one. Faruta from Hawaii may. Drayton Faruta from Gales, just because he can, he can be a big back to Brady Ross, maybe at Iowa. But the days of the fullback are over. They've been completely phased out, Chris. What about Richie Worship from Purdue? I just like that name. you got a kneel in yeah. front of Richie Worship. Yep. Pretty solid. Six highest, right rated, full, six, six highest rated fullback. This is an absolutely ridiculous wide receiver class. I'm looking down to, like, you guy you have at like 16 or 17, and you're still talking about Devin DuVernay, who's really fast, could be a stud in the slot. K.J. Hill, great hands. I mean, you got to get down into the Kuiper's 20s to find like a true deep sleeper in this wide receiver class that's so loaded. So where do you go? 
Well, when would you ever think Rhode Island has two receivers that are worthy of being drafted? One in the fourth I'm round, and Isaiah day. Coulter. And Aaron Parker, maybe in the sixth, seventh round, wrote up Aaron Parker on ESPN.com during the year, and Coulter ended up having a great finish. You think about the Virginia Tech game, the Ohio, against good competition. These two guys have stepped up. Uh, they're both out of the same high school. They're cousins. They're, they've both got a lot of talent. Uh, I think Coulter and, and Parker, both from Rhode Island, certainly have a great opportunity uh, to have successful careers. And I'll tell you, Gabriel Davis at UCF, impressive tape, big kid, ran well at the Combine. You want to keep an eye on him. Antonio Gandy, Gandy Golden, big receiver at Liberty. Uh, can go get the ball down the field, love the way he attacks it and traffic down the field in contested situations. So I think those are some guys, Chris, that then you mentioned uh, the guys under the radar at the major college level. James Prochet, if you want an acrobatic receiver who can make spectacular catches look routine, it would be James Prochet from SMU. But as far as under the radar, I'll stick to my Rhode Island guys, Isaiah Coulter and Aaron Parker. It's, it's amazing to me. I was looking at the profile of Antonio Gandy-Golden, that a guy that's that tall, that fast, that strong, like he could be around in the middle rounds. This class is just absolutely incredible. The guy I'm rooting for, Mel, give me some Malcolm Perry out of Navy. Give me give me a chance to see that guy stick. Love Dave. Right here that uh, the Naval Academy saw him play and what a spectacular player he was. And we've seen it before. You know, I think we've seen, you know, Keenan Reynolds drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, former quarterback yep. at Navy. Uh, didn't get it done here, but got an opportunity. And I think Malcolm Perry will have that chance as a late round pick or a priority free agent. Hey, Braxton Miller was a QB for three years, made it, stuck around for a couple of years. So it can happen. Yeah, you Randall right, L. Not, yeah. Not even a loaded tight end class by any means kind of really obscured by all the loaded town at the wide receiver class but beyond say a guy like a hunter Bryan or an adam troutman some of these guys we've heard of who who further down the line in the tight ends are you looking at Oh, well, Todd brought this name up, and I liked what I saw him on tape. He breaks tackles after the catch. I thought there were times where they didn't look at him enough. Portland State should have been going to this kid maybe seven, eight, ten times a game. Charlie Talmopeya, a kid who is at, you know, checks in, you know, at six, two and a quarter, 245 pounds, ran four, seven, five, Chris. But the way I like the way he extends, he has decent catch radius, good hands, but he runs fierce after the catch. He breaks a lot of tackles after the reception. So he's certainly a guy to look at. Nigel Kilby, Big receiver, big tight end at Southern Illinois. We think Jeremy Chin, the safety, will go in the second round from the Saluki program. And Nigel Kilby, not invited to the combine, which surprised me a little bit, uh, could be a late-round priority free agent possibility. I got my eyes on Jared. Call me Jerry Rice out of Fresno State. Bring back Chris Berman for that pick. There you go. Guys, um, offensive tackle position, I feel like during the draft process, as we've seen guys like Becton, Willis, Wirfs really rise, a lot of great workouts there in Indy before we all got stuck inside. Mm-hmm. I feel like this the offensive tackle class, it just seems a little bit better now than we maybe we thought where it could be. But give me a guy beyond that upper cross that you think, I guess I would say, has a chance to start early. That's how I always kind of define what I'm thinking could be that value tackle play. I really like Tyree Phillips at Mississippi State. Yeah, big kid with really good feet. 6'5", 331 pounds. Love the long arms. The arm length for yeah. these tackles is huge. Got incredibly long arms. I like Tyree Phillips. But I think if you have to go deeper, Alex Taylor at South Carolina State. I liked him. I wrote him up on ESPN.com back in October. Ben Bart, St. John's in Minnesota. We talked a lot about him. Not a sleeper, Chris. He's probably a third-round pick. Wrote him up on ESPN.com as well. But I'm going to go, uh, you know, when you talk about guys that I liked, it's a later-round possibility. A kid, Cameron Clark from Charlotte. 
Six four and a half, three hundred eight pounds. He's got good arm length, moves well, good technique. Uh, I like the way he held his own against some pretty good competition when they faced it. So I'll go Cameron Clark from Charlotte as my guy there. But there's a host of guys that are a little under the radar at the tackle spot. You have him as a top ten player, but I can't believe Mel Arm Length Kuiper didn't give a shout out to Matt Pert from UConn because he's a pterodactyl. He's a condor. He's got thirty six and five eighths inch arms. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, 36 and 5 eighths for Pierre, 35 and an eighth for Phillips. Taylor's at 36 and an eighth. Makai Becton's at 35 and, what, 35, let's see, 35 and 5 eighths. So, yeah, there's some guys with incredibly long arms, and that's a key because you've got to keep away from your body, and uh, certainly uh, that helps those offensive tackles. All right, let's let's get to the short arm club, the, the, the OGs, the guards, and the centers. Yep. I mean – this position, we know year after year, Mel, you can get a guard, you can get a center in the third and fourth, and you can see them on the field as soon as week one. Um, who stands out from, you know, the guys that are be going more in the mid-rounds from this class that are just going to flat-out play? Well, we've talked a lot about the center guards, and you know, I think a true sleeper. And I look at guys that, you know, aren't going to go very high. Kyle Murphy, and I'm going back to Rhode Island, Chris. Remember Steve Furness came out of Rhode Island in the early 70s to the Pittsburgh Steelers and was a heck of a player. And Remember it vividly. Three, they have three guys that are really good players, and I think Kyle Murphy from Rhode Island. Do you know what I love about him, Chris? Versatility. He played left yeah. tackle. He's not going to be a left tackle. He's only 6'3 and a quarter. He's got pretty good arm length. I mean, he's got a 30, almost 34 arms, so he's got good arm length. But he played, Chris, think about it. He played center. He played right tackle, and he played left guard. Everybody but right where, but right guard. He's played everywhere along that Rhode Island line. He started for four years. Wrote him up on ESPN.com this year as well. Kyle Murphy, Rhode Island Rams, at 6'3 and a quarter, 316 pounds. Won't be a tackle, but he'll be a guard center. At worst, a really good backup in the NFL. Mel, I really miss the days uh, before I had two miniature humans in this house that um... – when you'd call me at like 1 a.m. and be like, "Are you watching this James Madison game? I love this guard, fans. This is a this is a very real thing." Mel is watching Rhode Island at 1 a.m. I promise you. Yes. All right, we're gonna flip to the other side of the ball because we're racing here. We're doing a great job. Defensive ends. I know Chase Young. I know Epinesa. I know Gross Matos out of Penn State. Give me somebody a little bit further down the board who's gonna get to a quarterback early in his career, but people don't know a lot about him. I'm going to go Derek Tuska from North Dakota State. It's a great program. They win a lot of games, Chris. This kid. There's no Rhode red shirted, Island. Yeah. Red shirted initially. Then once he got it together, he was coming off the edge. He was sacking quarterbacks, getting in that backfield. Six, four and a half, 251 pounds. Yeah, yeah this guy, I'll tell you what, he's quick. He's got an attitude about him I like. Uh, some may think he's an outside backer. I think it could be a 4-3 defensive end. We saw last year Max Crosby with the fourth round go to the uh, Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders now. Vegas out of, Raiders. Uh, yeah, out of the uh, Mid-American Conference. I think this kid out of North Dakota State is a really good program. Derek Tuska uh, certainly has a chance. And Alex Highsmith, I went to Charlotte for Cameron Clark. Alex Highsmith is a kid. Wrote him up on ESPN.com on those Sundays, Chris, for for, uh, yeah. for Dave Beavers and his Oklahoma Sooner as he is. Uh, but I think Alex Highsmith, really good pass rusher, can play up or down, 6'3", 248, really long arms, former walk-on, highly motivated kid, Chris, really gets after it, like him. And Travis Gibson's a kid out of Tulsa, so had some decent Tulsa. tape on him. So there are some guys under the radar, definitely, as pass rushers that can get after you. I'll, I'll throw one other name out here just because I don't even know how to pronounce his first name. Kadir Shepard, how good is he out of Ole Miss? 
Yeah, he's an interesting guy uh, because they have a couple other guys. Coatney on the defensive line, Benito Jones on the D-line. This kid has decent outside pass rush ability, 6'3", 261, decent arm length. Didn't run great at the combine. A lot of these defensive ends, Chris, didn't run. He ran to 4'8", but they played nah, quicker. they really didn't. Uh, so I think he'll get a chance as a later-round pick. All right, I want to jump to the inside, guys. Uh, I'm not a lot of juice in this class in terms of publicity outside of Derek Brown, who we assume is a top 10 pick. Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina could be a top 10 pick. Um, you know, we go down, we got our guy out of A&M. I'm not even going to mess with his name. I've never even started. Um, Neville Gallimore, great athletic bona fides out of Oklahoma. But then you get into a range where you don't know if these guys are going to go in the first round. So I'm looking further down this line. Who do you see as maybe an early starter that we don't know a lot about? Well, the thing is, Chris, most of these guys are decent names. There's really not the small college guy uh, that's going to start. There's Justin Matubike is a kid we all like at Texas A&M. You mentioned him. But he's, an, he's a first or second <laughs> yeah. rounder. I think when you look at guys that can get it done down the line, Laurel Murchison from NC State didn't get a lot of publicity yeah, he made plays. He got into base. He's nearly 300 pounds. He's quick. Uh, he's got some explosion. I play strong to me even against the run. I think Murchison from NC State as a day three guy could get it done. Another defensive end, I mentioned that, East Tennessee State, Nasir Player. What a great name, Nasir Player. Uh, had some moments at East Tennessee State. Probably be a priority free agent, but he had uh, some games where he got my attention. Does a guy like Tyler Clark out of Georgia pop up for you? I, I only mention it because it seems like every single year. I'll, I'll give a name like Deshaun Hand, who ends up with the Detroit Lions, who has these incredible bona fides as a freshman. But you see these guys that get a little bit lost in these really deep programs. Often, I don't know, maybe it's a cliche, but D linemen in the SEC, maybe who don't put up huge totals. A Daniil Hunter was one out of LSU, who ended up in the third round a few years ago. I don't know. I just a guy like Tyler Clark sticks out to me because you wonder something got him to Georgia. Something got him on Kirby Smart's radar and their radar before. Maybe a guy like that is a sleeper. Yeah, and I think it's a good point because he wasn't invited to the combine, and he did right. have games early in his career where he was in that top ten group of defensive tackles, but he never produced on a consistent basis the way you would have hoped. Drayton Carlberg's another kid at Oregon who would get in that rotation and make some plays. He would show up in some key games as well. So another guy not invited to the combine either, Chris. So uh, there's some guys probably like uh, I would say Clark, probably in that sixth, seventh round range, but uh, did have his moments, just didn't have enough game to game consistency. Well, I, I especially feel it on uh, defensive lines where there are coaches at the college level. We always think of this as a pro thing, but the coaches at the college level, if they have the bodies, they'll rotate a lot of them. I think of it at Alabama a few years ago. You'd have somebody in the draft, and you realize, oh, that guy only played like 30% of the snaps. Exactly. You know, he's a pass rush specialist. Yep. It does actually happen at the college level. Yep, no question. All right, we're going to go with some inside backers here. I got my Patrick Queen. I got my Kenneth Murray. Jordan Brooks is obviously a name that has risen a lot. But give me a little bit further down the board. Well, I think you look at guys on the inside that can get it done. I think Dele Harding at Illinois didn't get invited to the combine, had a really productive year uh, for Lovey Smith. Uh, T.J. Brunson, South Carolina, is another one. Christian Roseboom out of South Dakota State. I think has a chance. But the guy I'm going to go to, Chris, is my guy. You know, you all have our guys. is Chris Orr. Chris Orr at Wisconsin. His father, Terry, was a heck of a player at Texas. I played with the Redskins, Super Bowl teams there. Chris Orr, 4'6'5 at his pro day. Put on weight. 
He's an inside backer for today's NFL. He's got a nose for the football, was a tremendous player this year for Wisconsin. Zach Bond got all the publicity, but I think you could make an argument their most valuable defensive player, one of the most valuable after Bond, was Chris Orr. So I think Chris Orr, overlooked for the combine, shockingly, uh, I think has a chance to make an NFL team and get a real good player. And Cash Daniel, kid at Kentucky as well, not invited to the combine. But I'll go with Chris Orr as a guy. I have a fifth-round grade on him. I think he's going to be a good day three pick for somebody. You know, we've seen it before. I think back to a player like Lance Briggs. Some of these inside backers, you get them in the right system, you get some defensive linemen in front of them. If it's, it can be a, it can be a fourth round, it can be a fifth round pick, and that guy's plug and play right away. Yeah, and another guy, gotta, Chris, I, that, 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 that he stays healthy, and this is a key: right. stay healthy. Is Marcus Bailey out of Purdue? When he was healthy, mm-hmm. he was a guy sideline to sideline range, two hundred and thirty five pounder. When he was out there, he was their best defensive player. Uh, Marcus Bailey, if durability is not a problem at the pro level, he'll make a team. And he'll, he could be a starter. You know who I like, Mel, right? I got to go with – you got him You got him as probably a three. But Evan Weaver, you oh, know yeah. who I like him? Spokane, Washington, Gonzaga Prep, baby. Come on. <laughs> All right. Outside linebackers, Isaiah Simmons, the freak of nature. He's a top three, top four pick. We know Kevon Chason. We know Zach Bond, Terrell Lewis. Oquara from Notre Dame. All right, let's get let's get us into round two and three here. You mentioned Alex Highsmith. Um, anybody else in this crew? Yeah, I think there are, and I think there's some guys that uh, that are going to go a little later than maybe people think they will, just because they all can't go. If Justin Stranad comes back from the injury at Wake Forest, he can play inside, outside. He's the kind of guy who was very productive until he was hurt. Dante Olson at Montana is more of an inside guy. Didn't run great at the combine, but had a tremendous. A vertical jump. I think he's a guy who can push his way. Michael Walker at Fresno State's another guy uh, who got it done, then ran four six five at the combine. Uh, I'll give you a guy who wasn't even invited to the combine. Cam Gill out of Wagner had some decent tape. I mean, he's athletic. He made his mark. You got to do it at Wagner. You got to jump out at you, and he did. I think he's the kind of kid that uh, Rashad Smith at Florida Atlantic was highly productive as well. But Cam Gill is a way under the radar guy. Probably won't get drafted, but is a, a priority undrafted free agent. I think can get it done. So uh, of the guys that aren't going to get drafted, he would be the guy. The guys that are going to get drafted, uh, I think when you look at uh, at guys like uh, Walker at Fresno State, as a guy who gives you a little bit of that that versatility that you want, uh, he would be a guy who would fall into that category, Chris. Follow-up question here on these guys. You have these guys more in your, like, 8 to 12 range, but I'll throw out two. Curtis Weaver from Boise State. Um, he doesn't necessarily jump off the film and from a, a twitchiness standpoint, but he's just always hitting the quarterback. And then Anthony Jennings from Alabama. I kind of want to know where you if you see if you think these are guys that are going to be able to get sacks at the NFL level because they're right on that yeah. mix, right, like – they're getting sacks. They're getting to the quarterback at the college level, and you just don't know if the combination of skills and, and speed, twitchiness, is going to translate. Yeah, I think with uh, Weaver, I went back and looked at him. He was getting a lot of, of, of uh, publicity early in the year. A lot of his yeah. sacks came against two bad teams. And against the, you know, a lot of games, he didn't have a sack. He only ran 4-8-4 at the combine. Now, he was 265, right. so he's a big guy. But didn't see a lot of sack production in the meaningful games from Curtis Weaver. That's why I put him in that fourth or fifth round area, even though a lot of people thought back in August, September, uh, he had a chance to be a first-round pick. So uh, Anthony right. Jennings is a smart football player. He's got dual versatility. 256-pounder, decent arm length, but he was just highly productive. And he smells out plays, Chris. He's got really good diagnostic ability. I think as a maybe a fourth, fifth-round guy, Jennings would be a nice pickup. 
All right, I want to jump into the corners. We're doing we're we're flying here, so I might go back to a couple guys. But jumping into the corners, we got eh, probably three guaranteed first rounders with a chance at four. Get me into round three where you start getting into the the Damon Arnett's, the Troy Prides, maybe a Bryce Hall, and get me beyond that in terms of names I should know for day three. I think Arnett's going day two. Uh, yeah. I think he could go second round. He's a, a big corner. You know, he's almost six feet, 195. Yeah, just a good football player. Had that uh, the castle made tackles and made his presence felt. But hey, Cameron Dantzler's interesting out of Mississippi State. Over six two. Uh, he's a guy didn't run good at the combine, four six four. But he was a really good player, and I think you get him in the fourth round area. I think that will be a surprise. Uh, a guy that I think could end up being a starting corner in the NFL. I think you look at a guy that, uh, down the line a little bit as well that can get it done. Uh, I think Dane Jackson from Pitt had decent tape. Darnay Holmes is a slot corner from UCLA. Josiah Scott, Michigan State, had some really good tape. Then he ran four four two at the combine. He's the kind of guy who could be a slot corner as well. Essang Bassey out of Wake Forest ran 4.46, vertical 39 and a half. He's a guy who could factor into that fourth round area as well, Chris. So I think there's a lot. The theme there is slot corners in the fourth, fifth round. All those guys. Uh, Bassey at Wake Forest, definitely watch him. Definitely look at uh, down the line a little bit. Darnay Holmes, UCLA in the fourth round. He also ran 4.48, and I thought had a heck of a year. Then you get down to a guy like, like say, when you get down to Amik Robertson, Louisiana Tech, productive guy, interception waiting to happen. Amik Robertson only five eight and a quarter, but he can scoot. He can has really good catch up ability. Very instinctive player. Uh, I really liked him. So Lavert Hill, Michigan's another guy for the later rounds. But I think Amik Robertson, Louisiana Tech. Uh, was one of the more impressive guys I saw on film. And you can probably get him in the fifth round, Chris. Fourth or fifth round is where Robertson could come off the board. See, I got to know. You got to call Eric DaCosta and say, just promise me one thing. The Baltimore Ravens need to draft Lamar Jackson out of Nebraska. Let's make this happen. He could. I mean, Lamar Jackson's, a, unlike the other guys, he's a big corner at 6'2", 208. Uh, you know, he's not going to run a 4'4". He ran 4'5", 8". He's got good length. He's a very good athlete. And I tell you, he... he with the arm length he has and the size he has, uh, and he'll tackle. Uh, gets a you know, got to be physical in college. You can get away with more in college. You got to get used to that in the NFL, where you can't get away with certain things. That's an issue with AJ Green, another big corner out of Oklahoma State. It's a little handsy at times. At six one and a half, two o two, and uh, he ran four six two. But I think AJ Green and Lamar Jackson. Green out of Oklahoma State, Jackson out of Nebraska. Uh, we'll make a team, Chris. It's just can they transition from the way you can play in college, where the NFL you get flags doing, uh, becoming as physical as they are. So the interesting thing, I think I'm moving up, and he's in that third, fourth round. It's Michael Ojemudia from Iowa, six foot and a half, two hundred pounder, ran four four five, tested really well, had a good, not a great career at Iowa. Uh, Geno Stone is safety. He's going to probably be a day three pick as well at an Iowa program. Probably should have stayed for another year to try to elevate his stock. I'm talking about Stone. But uh, Ojemudia out of Iowa could be a third or fourth round pick. You know it's getting to be draft time when Ojemudia just rolls off the tongue. He's like your 20th ranked cornerback, Mel. So we got Lamar Jackson in Nebraska, 6'2", 208, and Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, 6'2", 212. I mean, we gotta, we got we to gotta make this happen. we got to make this happen. All right. We're, we're getting down to the end of it here with with Kuiper's sleepers. We're into the safety group. I don't know. Get me on. A lot of people know or starting to know like Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois. He's possibly a day two guy. Help me yep. out there. But I'm talking about get me down into this 
this range where we got some like quality SEC safeties that could come off the board day three. What do you think? Yeah, just to go back to Chin, Chin's got a second-round grade. Kyle Duggar has a third-round yeah. grade coming out of Lenore Ryan. So they're going to go early. I'll give you a guy out of the SEC, and I know Jim Nagy mentioned him as being a surprise he wasn't invited to the combine, is Jared Maiden, the kid out of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, you come out of that program, you know you're well-coached with Nick Saban. He coaches up those DBs. That's what he does. He works them hard. He drives them hard. Uh, Jared Maiden is a late-round pick. Uh, certainly uh, has an opportunity to make a football team and be a, a definite contributor. Uh, yeah, I think Algerius Sneed, the kid out of Louisiana Tech, played corner and safety. I think he needs to be a little more physical, tackle a little better. But he's got length at six foot and a half, one ninety two, ran four three seven, vertical forty one. So Sneed out of Louisiana Tech. I mentioned Robertson, the corner. I like him better, but Sneed's got a chance because he's got dual versatility at corner and safety. That I think he may be into that late round discussion. A couple other guys, Chris, at the safety spot that I think are a little bit, uh, let's say, under the radar right now. I think they're going to, but they're going to be guys that I think you take a good look at once they get into the league as guys that can play. I think you look at Chris Miller at Baylor, uh, had some adequate tape at his moments. Brian Cole, the second at Mississippi State, kind of fell off a little bit. Both are late-round guys. I bet you one of those two uh, makes a football team. Cameron Curl came out early at Arkansas, but he ran you know, four five nine four six. played a little faster than that. He's a big corner. He's got really good arm length, one of the longest arms of any corner in this draft. He's played safety and corner, played corner, then he moved to safety. So he's got that ability to help you out in both ways. Uh, you know, good, not great tape. I think Cameron Curl from Arkansas is a late-round pick uh, that uh, will have a chance to make a team because he'll help you on special teams, and he can be a corner or safety with great length. All right, we hit through every position. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not doing kickers and punters, but do you know there is a Vinatieri in this draft, though he's not going to have his name called, but hey, be at Chase, least it's yep. exciting. Yeah, Chase right, to- is in this draft, yep. At the uh, at the request of our producer Daniel Dobb, mm-hmm. we have to play a quick handful of guys because he's Daniel's uh, Daniel's getting a kick out of uh, out of our arm length and forty times and and so we're going to play a quick game of stump the kuiper, okay. where you have to go over the athletic bona fides of whoever I pick out. <laughs> we're going to pick out about four or five names here. We go right okay. off the top. I'm going to go with a linebacker. Out of Ohio State, an easy one, Malik Harrison. What do I got? Malik Harrison has got a chance to be a really high pick, Chris. I mean, he's, he's a big-time player. You know him very well. Uh, he had, a, I, I thought, a great year, as good as anybody out there in terms of being all over the field making plays. And he's a big kid. He's almost 250 pounds. So when you're up at 250 and you're running the four sixes, I don't know what his exact time is. Uh, I know you'll be in the – I think Malik Harrison's going to be no worse than a third-round pick. All right. Next, next stump the Kuiper here. I'm going to go with Stephen Sullivan out of LSU. Stephen Sullivan was a guy who was a wide receiver, turned kind of one of those combo guys, Chris. He wasn't a – I wouldn't say a tight end. He was never a tight end, but people view him as an H-back. i got to believe he's got to make – he's almost 6'5". He's 250 pounds, but he plays like a receiver. He doesn't play like a tight end, even though he has tight end size. Yeah, I don't know what you do with – it's Stephon by Stephon Sullivan. So Stephon, Sull- yeah, Stephon Sullivan, <laughs> I don't know what you do with him. I don't know where to play him. Uh, you know, he's going to have to be on special teams. He's going to have to try to carve a niche because yeah, I don't see the ability to, to, as a receiver. I don't see him being a factor from a physicality standpoint at tight end. But he's intriguing because he's a heck of an athlete. I mean, that, that that's, it makes him a guy that you'll probably bring in as a priority free agent. Stump the Kuiper would like to jump to Levante Bellamy, running back, Western Michigan. 
Yeah, he's one of the flyers in this draft. He was a freak. He was a guy that everybody highlighted as one of the freaks in this draft, uh, Levante Bellamy. So he can fly. Uh, he is one of those guys, probably one of the faster guys in this draft at the running back position uh, who has a chance to be a late-round pick. But uh, he was one of those guys. Everybody seemed to highlight him, Chris, back before the season began as a guy who would run exceptionally well and be a guy that would test well. And he didn't run it around 4 4 eight, probably 4 4 five. can run a lot better now. He's only 5 eight and a half, but he's a guy. I probably would his, be his best day will probably run four three eight to four four four. All right. One more here. Is it Danny Pinter or Danny Pinter? Uh, my guy out of ball state. What, yeah, what Danny kind of Pinter's arm a nice player. What kind of yeah, arm length are we talking about? Well, you're talking about a kid who has a chance, I think, because of what he did at the Combine, Chris, to really do a job for it. He had a great Combine. That was what really jumped out at everybody, got everybody back to the tape. Uh, yeah, I had him at 6'5". He's trying to get checked in at 6'4 and a half, 3'10". But, yeah, his arm length isn't good, so he's going to have to project inside. But he ran 4'9'1". So, Chris, there's a guy right there as a later-round pick because of the combine workout, what it meant to a guy. Anytime you run that fast, remember when Teron Armstead worked out at Arkansas Pine Bluff? Yep. And he went like the fourth round of the Saints, and he had a, like a 4.85, 4.81, I think a 4.840 uh, is what he ran at like 315 pounds. Anytime you work out like Pinter did and you run like he did, it's 6'4", 6'4", and change, but he'll be a guard in the NFL. And anytime you run a 4.91, you're going to get somebody's attention. All right, last one. I need the athletic bona fides on your team, Alohi Gilman, Notre Dame. Yeah, a solid kid. I mean, he's a special teams guy going in. He's, yeah, I would say probably a late round possibility at best. Uh, you know, five eleven, actually five ten and a half, five eleven. Uh, he runs runs adequately. He's got decent sideline to sideline range. He'll be a special teams guy though, Chris. I mean, he'll tackle you. He'll hit you. I think that's where he has to make. You know, who he reminds me of a guy Belichick would draft. Uh, Bill Belichick would look at it a low. We heard it here first, guy. folks. Yeah, late round possibility for the New England Patriots. That's the kind of guy he likes. Like I said, he'll, he'll make his mark early on. We see Matthew Slater came out of UCLA, what he's done on special teams only. That's all he does. Uh, I think Gilman can be a little bit more than that. Gilman can be a defensive back. Jalen Elliott didn't run well at the combine. His teammate Gilman will go a little higher. Gilman could be a sixth round pick, maybe a fifth round pick. All right, everybody, we're going to come to the close of the non-McShay version of first draft. It, it just isn't the same, is it, Mel, especially when you go right off the top of the Towson guy? Well, uh, at, at this stage, I would be getting screamed at about ten times, <laughs> and there would be bells ringing, and there would be talks of me being for the Flintstones and a dinosaur and all kind of things, and I'm living in the 60s and 70s with these evaluations. Well, yeah, we miss that, Chris. All right, well, we're going to do – that's going to be first draft for this week, a special, a special edition, I can speak good, of Kuiper Sleepers with the legend himself, as well as the non-legend me. Um, we also got some Stump the Kuiper in there, but I, I want to remind people, tune into The Last Dance. You've heard of this Michael Jordan guy. Last Dance, a behind-the-scenes look at the 90s Chicago Bulls dynasty. The series begins this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, on ESPN and listen to the wrap-up podcast hosted by Jalen and Jacoby that immediately follows the broadcast that's presented by State Farm and AT&T. This is available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Again, follow up. Tune in to The Last Dance, a behind-the-scenes look at the Chicago Bulls, Jalen and Jacoby, right after that sucker goes off the air. You're going to want to be in on this, folks. It's awesome. But you know who else is awesome? Mel Kuyper. Kuiper, it's been fun. I'll talk to you again soon.
Great job, Sproul. We'll do it next week. See ya.